0: It's not to say that you just focus on, you know, Okay, I can't say this or I can't say that or I can't bring these up. It's not not only that, but it's just that when you actually find someone that, you know, that you really love and you're growing together in your relationship and it's a lot more comforting. You know what I'm saying? And I'm lucky because she's an artist as well and a producer. And so, you know, we both are in the same world, so we understand each other a lot more. And it's, you know, it's been, it's been a rough go with me with relationships, to be honest. So I'm just happy I found somebody that, you know, that gets me and is making me a better man.
1: You're listening to the Grind and Gratitude Show. I am Danny Stone, and I've dedicated my entire life to helping people win, Win winning their careers, winning their businesses, and winning their lives. This podcast is going to help you get on your grind and hustle to create the life you love and walk in gratitude along the journey. Each episode, I'll teach you tools and tactics and bring you conversations with experts that will help you turn your passion into a thriving online business. Life isn't about wishing for something greater, it's about making it happen. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it. Welcome to the Grind and Gratitude Show. I am Danny Stone. And look, if this is your first time tuning in, thanks so much. If you're back again, well, you know know I got love for you. You know I like to bring you guys amazing guests, right? And I got a really special guest for you guys right now. Now, this guy that I have is a big-time R&B singer. Uh, His new project is Untitled. He's a Toronto-based R&B sensation. He was back from a hiatus because he's been, he's been away for a while, but he's back, and I'm glad to have him here. His uh, 2010 breakout album, I Am Jordan, yielded gold singles. You can have it all in like magic. You know, We're going to ask him all about that and what it feels like to have your, your album go gold. He's also a Juno Award winner. So Junos are the Canadian version of the Grammys, so he has one of those. And right now, Jordan is set to release his third studio album, called uh, Ralph sometime in 2020. He's been working on this album since I Am Jordan was released in 2010. This project is very near and dear to his heart because he feels it represents his growth as a man. And naming it Ralph was his way of showing that growth. And he's never gone by Ralph, which is his first name. So we got to talk about that, name, all that too. So welcome to the show, my man, Jordan. What's going on, brother?
0: Man, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Man, it's good to see you too, brother. Yeah, no, everything is good, man. Back home on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about um, the East Coast, too. We have listeners from all over the world. And, you know, thank you if you're tuning in from, you know, wherever you're tuning in from, because we have listeners in 21 different countries. So we're going to talk a little bit about what back home is. (laughs) So so how have you been, man?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Just out here being a daddy, you know, working on this music thing and and keeping that grind alive, man. Keeping that grind alive.
1: Man, I'm seeing your Instagram post, and your, your daughter is beautiful, man. How old is she?
0: She's five. She'll be six in January. Oh,
1: that's amazing, man. It must be so great to just kind of see her growing up and seeing things through her eyes.
0: Oh, man, it's crazy. We, we grow up more when we have kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, teach us, they teach us more than we know.
1: <laughs> oh, man, you said it, brother. You said it. Um, you know, before we kind of jump into the music, Jordan, man, talk a little bit about, like, um, you know, you and I grew up in Nova Scotia, Canada, which is like the east coast of Canada. And what was it like for you growing up there? You know, I, I, people always ask me about it, but I want to ask you, what, what was growing up in Nova Scotia like?
0: I honestly like I, I have very, very fond memories of being of growing up here. I, I, I thought it was a beautiful time. It was when I, I, I started to dream because I don't know if you knew, but um, when I was nine months old, I was born here in Halifax. But when I was nine months old, we moved to Toronto until I was 10. So I didn't get to UNIAC Square until I was around ten. So, so that's when you know, like for me, my adolescence and, and then becoming a teenager, you know, it really that's when I started to dream and 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 discovered my 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 passions for life. And you know, I have very very great memories. You know, living living in UNIAC Square. You know, there's always the ups and downs of you know dealing with you know public housing and and the struggles of uh, you know not getting the best income and not making a, not a lot of money and that way. and and but you know my mom and dad. You know i was lucky to have them both in the household and both there supporting me through my you know my journey in sports and in music so i i have nothing but beautiful fond memories um of living and growing up on the east coast now the one other thing is you know of course we all go through this is losing people to senseless gun violence and stuff like that that's one of the only things that i would i would say is something that i i don't like to talk about or, or um you know, discuss about, you know, my past is, you know, losing friends to gun violence in in a neighborhood that, you know, it it happened quite often.
1: Well, I can definitely relate. You know, I grew up just across the bridge from where you were. And it's the same thing. Great memories. You know, it was all about music growing up. It was all about sports. You know, both of us played basketball. I used to DJ and, you know, a lot of great memories. But but just like you said, you know, I, I lost some friends to gun violence as well. And so I can definitely relate to that, brother. And, and so you said earlier, like, you know, you, you talked about sports and music. So was music your first love or was sports your first love? What was your first love?
0: Music. It's, it's, it's funny. Is um, if they were both. They were both. Both came to me around the same time. But music was first. When I first moved here, my brother had a, a collection of uh, CDs where we got from uh, in Toronto. So, like, he, he had this collection from, like, you know, when CDs first started uh, coming, coming out. So he had this huge collection, about 3,000 CDs. And we moved to Halifax and he he would tell me, like, don't touch my CD. So like (laughs) I was just new in Halifax and I found a babyface C D, his first one, Tender Love, and fell in love with singing sunshine. So, you know, me going up to the hood in the square, you know, singing, singing, you know, in front of people or whatever, and people would make fun of me. So I was just like, Ah, okay, you guys gonna make fun of me. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you love, so I, so you can't make fun of me. But I always sang and I always kept it inside. But that was definitely my first love, and then of course basketball kind of took over things after that.
1: So like, you know, baby, well, babyface was 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 a serious artist back in the day. So yeah. like, who 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 were your like early influences in music?
0: Before that, I mean, babyface. What I'd say he's the like the reason the initial inspiration because I learned how to sing by singing his song "Sunshine." Okay. And- that's how i taught myself how to sing but before that it was like james brown you know i remember and michael jackson but this is just from being you know living in a household where my brother was an r b head and he had all the best r b going so really my brother he had a big a big uh part of this and uh you know he used to have all the the, the best music the, the posters on the wall and michael jack And then my dad had a a waterbed when we lived in Toronto with an A-track in the back. What? So So literally, bro, like one of my earliest memories of of really feeling music was um, Tina Turner and Ike Turner rolling on the river. So I, and that's a long song. So I used to be like, literally, I used to be laid in the waterbed, like this floating, right? This floating. (laughs) That's my earliest memory of, of like, oh, I like this music. You know that I mean? So I, I give it to Tina were the first influence, but then like Michael Jackson, of course. And then I mean, after I mm-hmm. fell after I uh, fell in love with singing, it was all the R and B that you could think of: Joe Troop, Silk, Shy. You know, all of those guys back in the day. You know, Bobby Brown, New Edition. You know, so it's all of that that R and B that you know that that still uh, stands the test of time today. The great R and B uh, artists of of uh, the world.
1: That's uh, that's amazing that you know. That whole waterbed with the eight track in the back, of that's.
0: <laughs> uh, I still got the pictures and stuff, man. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, he had that. He had that on the go, man. Pops, Pops was an old player back in the day. You know, he had the brown velvet. He had the brown velvet all on it and everything. <laughs> I love
1: that, man. You know, it, it, I think those early, you know, the 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 R and B in the '90s, like with all of the artists that you just named, I think. You know, for me, I just it was the same. There was always music in my house. My mom we used to listen to my mom used to listen to everything from, you know, um Tina Turner, James Brown, Bob Marley, uh all the way down to Michael Bolton and, and George right. Michael. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's dope. That's dope. That's really dope.
1: And so that was a kind of musical influence. So so you started playing basketball so that guys would stop, wouldn't make fun of you for the singing. That's why you started playing basketball. Yeah,
0: that's really, the reason I started—well, it started because they made fun of me. And then I said to myself, "You know what?" And everybody in the hood was playing either playing ball or football, basketball or football. So I was like, "Yo, you know what? All right, you guys make fun of me. I love singing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, do what you love and become just as good, if not better." So that was the motivation, and that's why you know I always sang throughout the years, and everybody knew that I sang, but. I always try to tell kids, like, you know, don't bully, you know, encourage each other, because what if, one of, what if they would have said on the block, like, yo, you can be the next Michael Jackson? Like, where I would have took my mindset would have been towards my music. So I kind of call myself a late bloomer. But I, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for those guys because, you know, without them, I wouldn't have I had the journey in life that, you know, that I, that I had. And, and, and going down that road and playing basketball and being successful and actually becoming one of the best players to come out of the community after being motivated by them to do that.
1: Yeah. You were a good, you were a good basketball player. You know, you and I played against each other many times. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we ever played on the same basketball team though, in any of the bas in the, any no, of the, we
0: never played the same. We played against each other, but never the yeah. same, but we the same school at one yeah. point. Yeah. Not to, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you were, you were a good basketball player. And, and at one point, right, you, didn't you play uh professional basketball in France?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I played a year. I had a year stint in France and, um, it was like it was like a um, national two team. So it wasn't like, you know, the, the pro A, pro B or nothing like that. But we had a chance to move up and I was over there. And that's when I really got the itch to, like, start writing and to start writing music. Because I knew, like, you know, I was realistic about it. And my whole dream was to make the NBA. You know, I played on Team Canada before that, you know, traveled the world with Team Canada for the senior team, as well as the university games team. And I knew that it was going to take me a long like four, five six years. To, to even have a shot a, at an NBA trial. So I decided while I was there that I was, you know, it was gonna take me five years to, to have that shot at the NBA. So I made the decision early. I started writing. I hit up Tro Biz while I was over there and sent it to him. I was like, yo, Tro, send me some beats, man. I need, I'm gonna write music. And you know, when I come back, I'm gonna be an R&B singer. And that's kind of where I decided that, you know what, I was done with the ball and I gave it up. I had a good run and I wanted to, to take, a, uh, take a shot at the music.
1: But even that, like you said, it would take you. It would have probably taken you, taken you a good five to six years to try out to try to get to the NBA. What What made you make that switch? Because music wasn't guaranteed to be a shorter
0: run either. It's because I I had that itch for so long. You know what I'm saying? And and accomplishing what I did two back to back national titles, six black tournament titles, MVP in the black tournament. You know, playing for Team Canada, that was one of my – I pretty much accomplished every goal except for putting on an NBA jersey. Like playing against NBA players, I did that. Practicing with them, being a part of a, team, a t- teammate as some NBA players, I did all that. You know, so the, really the only goal that I didn't achieve was getting drafted and putting on a jersey. Mm. So I felt like, you know what, I could, I could let go and be proud and happy with what, how, how far I come in the sport.
1: Of course. I mean, you went, you know, I'm proud of how far you come, man. You came a long way w- with basketball, man. You went really far with it. And, you know, I remember that one summer and I'm not sure what summer it was. You came up here and you had some, I think, demo CDs, I think, during uh, Carabana, which is Carabana. Our, our,
0: our carnival.
1: <laughs> Okay.
0: Yes. Yes, I remember bro. I remember that, man. You know what? A lot of people up in Toronto still to this day tell me that story too. They're like, yo, I remember you handing them CDs out in the streets or during curving outside the club and shit.
1: That was a good time.
0: Yeah, bro. You came,
1: so you came during Carnival and Carnival in Toronto is crazy. You know, over 1 million people attend the parade and you came yeah. up that summer and you were like, look, man, I'm singing now. I have yeah. uh, some demos. Let's let's go hand them out. And after the clubs, we would just go out of the club and you yeah. would sing outside. People would come out of the club and you would be singing. And you'd be like, here, take one of my CDs. Uh, that's
0: Right. That's right. That's the, that's the real grind, man. That's the old, you know, that's the old do-it-yourself way. And that's, I mean, that kind of started off, you know, my career too. Like, you know, being up there in Toronto because eventually I knew I was going to live in Toronto. And that was like, I lived there half my life now to this this point. But um, but yeah that's you know that's that's kind of like the, a home away from home you know what i'm saying Yeah So that's that's where we kind of got it got it popping Yeah
1: And so how did you kind of how did you develop your R&B style like how did you develop your singing style did you mimic somebody did you kind of mesh things together how did your style kind of come together
0: It's it's all you know we're always influenced and i think babyface was be, was the number one influence and then of course when you're you know listening to so many Artists you kind of take a little bit of from from each other not even knowing you're doing it So, you know, there's other things that you know, people people ask me the question like yo Or they or they'll comment and say you're the Trey songs of Canada and the reason why they say that I'm 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 gonna clear this up right now The reason why they say that is because when I did you can have it all I was writing that song for Trey songs Yeah, so like we just put that out on a limb and just see how it went and then you know, if I could go back, I would have re- recut the song, resang it and and put a little bit more of my spin on it. But we were literally, I was trying to mimic him. That's why people always call it, say, you know, it's a great song in Canada. But now the music I'm creating now, I've grown so much since then, it's uh, it's it's really starting to feel, well, it's, it, it is sounding like me and feels a lot uh, more, uh better to me, like, you know, as me creating my own sound, you know what I'm saying? And also being influenced by, Writers I've worked with, producers I've worked with, you know, there's a lot of a lot A luck goes into the growth of, of creating and finding your sound. So I still don't feel like I'm there yet until I can, until I'm able to produce my own music. Then I'll be able to really figure out what my own sound is.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you know, you, 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 you had two gold gold singles. Like, what was that like when you first found out that your first single went gold? What, what was that feeling like?
0: You know what? It's I, And I always tell the same story when people ask me that question is it, it, was, it was it felt really good. But I wasn't like super excited when I found out you can have it all in gold because I know the equivalent of gold in Canada is not even close to the equivalent of gold in the States. And that's the main market that I was trying to break when, you know, and I still am trying to break to this day. So I knew that that wasn't really that, you know, it wasn't really it. So I remember having a conversation. I, I remember exactly where I was, too, when me and uh, Kashmir. Uh she directs she director, director died, directed most of my videos, 90% of my videos. I remember I was driving on the four uh or on the on the on the Gardner passing Air Canada Center and me and Kaz were having an argument. Cause I'm on the order and she's like, Man, we gotta celebrate. And I'm like, nah, I ain't celebrating. That ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I want more. And she was like, What do you mean? You're the first R and B artist to go gold in Canada in years. <laughs> you know? So that was, you know, I, I now I look back and I, I I really appreciate it and it was a great feeling, but that's just Shows a competitive side of me. I just was just hungry. And even to this day, I'm still like, I work more and more knowing that I need to crack a different market, a US market, a European market, because I've only had real, real success here in Canada. You know, so that's, that's the difference is, is trying to crack into those markets. And I think with this project that I'm, I'm going to put out this year, we're going to have a shot at that. There's some really good stuff on there that, that I'm really proud of. I've been working on for a long time.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I think right now the world needs some really good music. And you know, I think your sound like you, you, the the video I saw with you in the uh kenya Kenyan boys choir man yeah. how did yeah. how did that happen what what's the name of that that one song
0: That same sky that that uh that came about I went on a trip to Africa, my first trip to the motherland and um I went to kenya and I was over there and um I was with FTC and we went over to help uh, build schools and and just, you know, experience the life over there and just, you know, shed shed some positivity, help the mamas with water, walking water, and just going and helping, you know, meeting the kids, encouraging the kids and uplifting them. So when I was there, we had a night where they brought in the Kenyan Boys Choir to to give us some entertainment because we were staying in a camp. And so they came in and, you know, they were doing their show in front of us. It was a night we had popcorn out by the fire outside. It was just beautiful. And um, so they came and did their thing, and then all of a sudden, they started playing "Can't Choose." They started singing my song to me. So imagine being in Africa and, and, and with a, a boys choir, Kenyan boys choir, who, was, who had already sang for Obama, who uh, you know traveled the world, and who was like you know really, really you know sought after. They singing my song in front of me, and I right automatically, I was just felt overwhelmed, honored, and just like it was just a beautiful feel. So right away, I was like, man, I got to work with you guys at some point. And that wasn't even, like, that same sky didn't even come, come to um, fruition then. So when I'm leaving Kenya and flying over to Masai Mar, Mar uh, to go to, I was going to, oh, yeah, we were in the Masai Mar, and I was flying over to go back to Nairobi. And just after being there for a week and, you know, reflecting on this trip and being up in the sky, when I fly, I like to write down concepts for titles for songs or, or whatnot. So I wrote this concept in my phone, same sky, because the trip meant to me, like, Yo, you know, I seen these kids running up to our truck, no shoes. and just want a piece of candy or just want to say hi. You know what I mean? And and I I just felt like, you know what, we're all one race. We're all one, you know, under the same sky. Like, you know what I mean? So just that, that alone was the initial inspiration. And then about eight months later, I'm in the studio with, uh, with Sebastian Cole, a really dope writer from Alabama. And uh, we started doing this. We started working on this record It was guitar driven. And then I started mumbling, you know, Same sky. I'm looking through my concepts. I started mumbling something to Same sky, and he heard me say that. And then boom, it just started to ramble off and we, and we created this record. And then that still didn't have the Kenyan boys choir on it until later on down the road where I was going to do the, uh, the We Day shows. And uh, they were they worked for We Day and did some stuff. So they came back and, um, you know, I had the idea. I was like, hey, like, why don't we get them to do some Swahili choir stuff on the song? so so we went in the studio we banged it out and then you know it didn't come out for a couple of years after that so it was you know that 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 is a it's quite the story how that one came together and i feel like the message is is you know it's funny that um when i did drop the song it was a couple of weeks before the george george floyd thing so i literally when i dropped the song then the george floyd thing happened i literally stepped back you know what i'm saying because i was like you know what i what i didn't want to push that narrative at the time because it it was it, it it was and still is about Black Lives Matter. Right, you know what I'm saying me, me pushing that narrative at that time was just the wrong time. So I stepped back and I waited for a while. You know, let things boil over, and then I kind of did a couple of interviews and talked about it. But it still I, that still doesn't change my stance on you know believing being one race and and everybody helping each other. But at that point in time, it, was, it and right now, even to this day, with the Breonna Taylor and everything that's going on, it's Black Lives Matter, and I still stand for that. But at the same time, you know I'm. I'm white, I'm black, and I do believe in, in one race being under the same sky and living in harmony. And, and you know, it's just, it's just sad that we're in a time in 2020 that it's, it hasn't come to that yet.
1: Man, much respect to you for stepping back and just letting, you know, what was happening at the time with George Floyd and everything kind of just be out there, right? Because, you know, sometimes when it comes to music or when it comes to other things, people just don't even care about that. They put their project out regardless of what's happening, the climate. And so for you to kind of step back and that's a and that's a really major record, man. Like with the Kenyan Boys Choir, like the first time I heard that, I'm like, it's such a like inspiring. It, it, it's like an open. It's like the song just yeah. makes you open. Right. It just like and when I heard it the first time, I'm like, I got to play this again. And then I played it again and I was just sitting there like listening to the lyrics. Then I watched the video with the boys choir and you and I'm like, man, this is dope, man. The whole concept, the video is amazing. Thanks. You did a great job with that, man. You did a great. Thanks. And I see the yeah, elevation. I've... I saw from there, I saw the elevation with, with like, with you in terms of like the type of music you're doing, your sound, all of that.
0: Yeah. And that's, and I, and that's why I like, I wanted to put that out because that's what I truly believe. And I feel like this project too, is going to be that thing that's, you know, it's going to be, there's still going to be a couple of urban R&B, but you know, I'm saying some stuff about love and about, humanity and about you know humility and, and, and family so you know like before in the past I was you know doing a lot of songs just you know to stay in that R&B lane but I feel like you know I have I have an obligation as an artist to do my part in trying to make the world a better place in any way shape or form that I can.
1: Yeah you know I'm glad you said that because you know it doesn't matter what you do you know we can all make a difference we can all help other people. We can all care about other people. We can all be empathetic. Right. But I think like, as an artist, I agree with you. I think there's another level of responsibility or even what I do as a speaker and a coach, like I can't, it's it's my responsibility to do more and to try to empower people. So, you know, with all of this, like, was that, is that kind of the driving force behind you trying to like make this album what you want it to be?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100% because this is the first time in my whole career that I've been 100% fully independent. So, I've always had five to seven ear uh, uh voices in my head or my ear telling me not to do this record. Like there's some songs that I put out, my biggest record ever like Magic, I didn't even want to put that song out. Really. Yeah, and I like at the time I was just like, nah, it's too popcorn, it's too bubblegum, like, you know, la 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 la, and it, it turned out to be my biggest record. But this time around I don't have nobody in my ear. This is all me. That's why I'm calling the project Ralph because this is all me This is literally like, you know, I've definitely had collaborate Collaborated but the track listing and then the way it's in order and everything is it's really all me and like not having anyone to tell me You have to drop this song. You have to drop this song. now I can finally be free and do what I want especially in in an age of streaming where things are a lot different Like I missed the whole streaming uh, beginning of the streaming um, Age Because of contracts. I was under contract. I didn't put out music. That's why I had a setback for like three years I couldn't put out, music or else they were gonna own it the, You know the label would have owned it But now I got out of that, you know got out of all of that um, The contract stuff and uh, I'm working as an independent artist and it's and it's a lot better I'm, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, the success might take a little while, but I'm, I'm, I'm Happy that I own my own masters. You know what I'm saying? I own everything that I'm doing So it's it's, it's more of a sense of pride and in, in, in taking the art a lot more serious And of course, going through, you know, uh, life experiences too. You know, I have a daughter now. I can't, you know, be talking about trying to have threesomes with women (laughs) and stuff like that. What kind of message am I I putting out there? You know what I mean? That's true. That kind of changed things too.
1: Do you ever think about doing something you love for a living? Have you ever thought about making a greater impact in the world? Well, it starts with finding the right passionate idea to launch your amazing online business. I say online business because it gives you the freedom to work from anywhere. Let me help you unlock your big idea. Head over to IamDannyStone.com and sign up for your profitable, passionate ideas. So, so like being an independent artist, right? Like, it, do you find, is it more pressure for you or is it more freedom? Like, how does that feel now that you're independent? I know there's a sense of freedom, but it like, now do you feel more pressure to to get it right? Cause it, it's just you and not a label behind you.
0: No, it's definitely less pressure. But the only thing is like, you know, the, um, the idea of, okay, is it going to be successful? Because, you know, in this game it's pay to play. You need, you need money in this music industry to, to make things happen, to reach the masses. You know what I'm saying, and then you know sometimes you'll have a, you know a, a shot in the dark with one song or something. So there's no pressure, and it, it just feels it feels more comfortable. And now, like for instance, if I like I was gonna drop a song on the ninth, my next song, but now you know I'm gonna push it back to give it more more room on Spotify because I have a relationship with Spotify Canada, more room for them to actually help promote it. You know what I'm saying? It's just and, and, and in the past it would have been nope. It comes out this day, has to come out this day, or else yeah. you know, or I'm dropping you and you're done, right? What I mean, so it's just it's a lot lot easier, and it makes the uh, creative process a lot easier too because there's no rush, right? You know what I mean?
1: And now you're getting to work with whoever you want. You know, I'm sure like with the label before you, you men might not have been able to work with certain artists, but now you can work with whoever you want.
0: That's facts, and I, and that's like my projects when I was with the label. They produced ninety nine percent of the, so they kept me boxed into a particular sound. You know what i mean and now it's like i'm working with this producer that producer this artist this writer and it's just me making taking my friends and the people that i know that i can work good with and bringing that into my world and creating this this you know this new this new entity
1: so what's that energy like going into the studio with like your friends and people that you you know you love to work like what's that what's that whole energy and that vibe like compared to like maybe it might have been before
0: it's a lot. It's like it's a lot free. It's a lot freer. It's like the freedom is there. Like we go in with no expectations and you know no limitations. Yeah, it makes things a lot easier because you know going in that okay you're not expecting like okay our producers want me to do this concept and sing like this or do this music. It's like what we, do we we go in what are we doing today? How you feel? How you feel? Yeah. Okay, start that start that little key pattern, whatever. We gonna start some melodies. You grab the guitar. Or whatever, or there's already a beat. You know what I'm saying? And, and then we work it like that. It's no, it's no schedule. Like it's just you know, we just go in and just, and that makes it a lot easier and more comfortable working that way. And 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 like I said, now I work with because when I was under the label, they they take me to Atlanta or LA. Okay, we got these writers coming. I don't know these people from a hole in the wall, you know. What I'm saying? But like I, you know, I had great experience with that. But now it's like I'm calling up my boy Sonny. You know, what I'm saying I'm calling my girl Kelly, and I'm like, yo, let's go to the studio. We're comfortable. We know each other and it's easy to work with yeah, yeah. Saying, you work with each other and it, and it just makes it for the music to come out i think a little bit better because there's no you know there's no expectations and you just create
1: so who are some artists that you've worked with already that you know you 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 enjoyed those experiences because you have worked with a lot of different artists so far mm-hmm. yeah who are some people that you work with that you, you you know you liked and you enjoyed those experiences
0: definitely um cardi Cardi's one guy, his energy was always good. And he's
1: Cardinal Fischel.
0: Yeah, Cardinal Fischel. He's um he's actually been he, he helped me out a lot in, in my career since we started working together. You know what I'm saying? So him and Sebastian Cole is um he's a Motown signed artist, but he's more known for his writing. Mm. He is the guy that really helped shape where my, you know, future in music is going. Because he like I never worked with besides Frank Ocean. Who I who I did a, I had a session with in L.A. before he was Frank Ocean. Nobody knew he was about to come out as Frank. Like four months after our session, he dropped some music as Frank Ocean. But he was Lonnie Barrow at the time. Oh wow! He uh Sebastian was the one guy who really took the time to get to know me and get to know where I'm from. He asked, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, you know, and so, some writers would just come in and just like, all right, what's up? What do you do? Okay, cool. We're gonna write this song. All right, cool. But Sebastian, he he would we we go spend two three hours drinking before. We'd even go to the session, and some day, some days we'd have a session. We wouldn't even go to the session because we were so we were so um, you know we were getting along so well and getting to know each other. But then the next day he's come to the session. It's like ah, and it's right on the nose. Like for instance, like him knowing the uh, the history of Black culture in Canada and in Nova Scotia. If he wouldn't have known that, he wouldn't have been able to give me songs like "The Way You Love Me" and "Lost" that are coming out on this project that have a, a feel like a gospel feel like, you know what I mean? Like that up home sound where people are going to be like, people up home are going to be like, what? How you wow. doing all that now? You know <laughs> I mean? So he's definitely one, one artist that I really, really, really cherish and appreciate working with.
1: Man, that's awesome. I think, you know, you know, I have some people like that too. And, you know, I do like a lot of community work and, and you know, trying to help y- inspire young people. And, you know, some people you, you, you have to work with, but you know, it, it's it's different when you, you get to work with someone who's on the same level, like in terms of what you're trying to create in the world. Like I have two or three people like that. And it's just a whole different way to work, right? When you're and that's why I always tell people, like maybe you could say a couple words about this, but you have to, you know, I always tell people, be aware of your life support network. The people that are around you, are they lifting you up or are they holding you back? Like, so if you had people in your life that have kind of like been hating on you and tried to hold you back, and if you did, like how do you get away or around those
0: that's that's a hard thing for me because i have such a good heart and like i still always see the good in people but i you know i have i have a new woman in my life who's who's showing me that that's not it and i've i've been slowly weeding out those people that are bringing me down and me always just giving them the benefit of the doubt but now it's just like i'm more focused on myself and what i'm doing in my career and have the support that i need and and just get just you know just cutting ties with them you know, you can still be cool, but I'm not going to be hanging with you all the time. I'm not going to be running around. And you know what I mean? So, so it's, it's tough for me, but um, I'm learning how to, to deal with that and become better at that and just keeping positive people in your life, people that actually want to see you win and to give you good advice. They're not just there to hang out and party, you know what I'm saying, and bring you down and not, they don't want to see you successful for me, but I'm, I'm, my skin's getting a little tougher when it comes to that.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's, you know, I talk to people about this all the time and, and, and it was difficult for me in the beginning, but I had to focus on what I was trying to create. What's my mission in life? You know what I'm saying? And some people just weren't a part of that mission. Right. Mm-hmm. I think when you have a bigger mission and you're trying to be of service to, to more people and really uplift people, I, that's what I started focusing on. I, you know, I wrote my first book and and I was going in a different direction and people kept trying to oh, oh! you think you're something because you're an author. And I just thought, Right. well, yeah, I am something. You're something too, but I'm using my something different than you.
0: Exactly, exactly. No, that's important too, man, is, is realizing that and figuring it out. And it's like, even like, you know, we talked about sports and basketball. Like a lot of my friends that were my basketball friends, they're still my friends, but we don't have no reason to be around each other like that no more. You know what I'm saying? It's, the circles kind of change. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that I don't got love for you. We still reach out, we talk to each other every once in a while, you know when I'm home then we'll go to a barbecue we'll meet up and but it's not like I'm not hitting you every day as as opposed to when I'm hitting up my producer or or hitting up my engineer or you know what I'm saying every day yo I gotta get this. you know like that's the, the relationship change the circles change but it doesn't mean that you ain't got love for them people, but we just go on different paths you know what I'm yeah. saying Some people just ain't on the same journey and ain't on the same road as you so they and there ain't nothing to be ashamed about that or or feel bad in any way and I used to feel little bit of ways about it but not anymore people understand and your real friends are the ones that are gonna let you go and do that they ain't gonna say nothing they're just gonna say no no do your thing we good you talk to them and they and it ain't nothing changed two years it go by you still talking ain't nothing changed you yeah. know what i'm saying how you know your real friends
1: yeah i love that man and you know like you just mentioned that you're in a new relationship too like yeah is that inspiring your music like when you're in a relationship or you're out of a relationship or whatever does that like does that dictate the types of songs that you'll do
0: for sure? Definitely does. You know, and, um, it's not to say that you just focus on, you know, okay, I can't say this, or I can't say that, or I can't bring these up. It's not, not only that, but it's just that when you actually find someone that, you know, that you really love and you're growing together in your relationship and it's, it's a lot more comforting, you know what I'm saying? And I'm lucky because she's an artist as well and a producer. And so you know, we both are in the same world, so we understand each other a lot more. And it's you know, it's been it's been a rough go with me for, with relationships, to be honest. So I'm just happy I found somebody that you know that gets me and is making me a better man.
1: Yeah, I'm sure relationships must be tough because you know I'm not comparing myself to you, but like as an entrepreneur, like I remember when I I first kind of left my quote unquote good corporate job, mm-hmm. and and I, as I, before I was leaving, I, I said to my she was my fiance at the time. I was like, look, I'm planning on leaving my job. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm being, I, I need to be doing more. Right. And we sat down, we talked about, it, and she was really supportive, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it would be different if she wasn't supportive. Like when you know what you're meant to do, and like you tell me, because you know, when you, when you know what you're meant to do and, and you have to do it. For me, I can't let anybody get in the way. If she would have said no, I don't know what would have happened. And I tell her this all the time.
0: The wedding
1: yeah. might have be been off. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the wedding would have been canceled. Yeah, yeah. you don't sure. want me to go out here and speak and empower people, um, you ain't the right woman for me. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. You know what I'm no, saying? That's facts, bro. And, and, and to me, that's why, you know what? And that's why for so long, the relationship that I was in, right before I started doing music, it was she was like to this day, this really holds a spot in my heart for her, but that she was supportive of it. You know what i'm saying like she and then when i left when i left her we didn't even leave each other we didn't really break up we just kind of faded apart because i had to move to toronto with my new uh, label deal and production deal and everything and she tried to come up and get a job in toronto but didn't get the right job she wanted but because she had such a big position here in nova scotia so we kind of drifted apart and then that's why kind of all my relationships up until my my latest new relationship now haven't been that because i become became successful and it was always, you know, they, they were there, but it felt like they were just like, yes, women like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, thinking that, okay, he's going to blow and we're going to be good. And then when the money starts running out, it's like, oh, they're they running away. You know what I'm saying? So, so that does play a role and that's why like up until now I haven't found, fi- I finally found someone that that gets it and understands me and, and, and I'm good. I'm happy.
1: That's amazing, man. I love, I love seeing, I love seeing my friends with in, in great relationships and with, With supportive people man and that's what we should want for each other right we should all want that for each other
0: yeah
1: you know so in in talking about like you know you blowing up and getting all this attention and stuff like how do you stay grounded when you're out here you know speaking with thousands of people screaming at you and wanting a picture with you how do you stay grounded man
0: well before my daughter was born my mom i know you know you know my mom your mom knows my mom well too yeah you know she's just a great woman she you know she always gives me good advice and she always never lets me forget who I am and and where I come from so that's one of the main things and now my daughter of course you know that's the one thing that keeps me keeps me on the straight and narrow and and, and keeps my feet on the ground and you know family family to me is really important you know I've, I just recently lost my brother and my grandmother this year and you know it's been a rough year so it's you know that just having family around and like like I said my mom and my family they they keep me grounded You know just having them in my life and not you know and also i have i have great fans too like people that genuinely that that you know love and care about me not even just the music i have fans that you know that will hit me up like how are you doing like you know they'll read a tweet and be like you know so it's 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 a good support system from all all aspects you know i'm saying to keep me grounded and you know having that success is has helped me realize that okay there could be way more success so i really gotta make sure i keep my feet on the ground don't let nothing get to my head you know what i'm saying so having just having a, and a good upbringing man my, like i said my mom and dad were there in the household for me and you know i still got into mischief and you know i you know living in the hood i still you know had my little stint selling drugs and this that, and the third and you know it's it's something that's in the past you know so yeah, just, you know, having a having good, good family and good friends around me to keep me in check and good coaches because Coach K was a good man. He was good to me.
1: Yeah, he was good to me, too.
0: Yeah, he was a good man. He he um, he taught me a lot, you know, in that in that time that I was at Evex. So, you know, good coaches as well.
1: Yeah, I love that, man. And, you know, and the other thing, too, like you, you mentioned loss and, you know, I've, I've definitely lost some people in my life how do you deal with that like how do you deal with losing you know your 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 brother and your mother and your grandmother
0: it's it's you know what it's it's hard but the the thing it's like kind of like when we was playing ball bro you know what i mean we have that we have something that we're passionate about that's what helps me cope you know my mother on the other hand and and my brother's uh, boyfriend they they're having a, a rougher Go at it, you know. I have my days where I miss him like crazy, my grandmother. But I'm so passionate about the music; it inspires me. Like he, my brother, I have a clip on of, of some a voice note from him that's going to be on the album. So it just inspires me when I get in there. That kind of just lets that becomes my therapy. The music, the studio is like my therapy, and and the, like the like the basketball court, like the practice. You know what I'm saying? Like the studio is just you know when we you know if we were mad, we got enough argument at home, arguing with our mom. Man, I'm going to the court, put up a thousand jumpers, right? You start sweating, and then you feel great. You know what I mean? So it's that it's having that passion to fall back on to always, you know, be that escape from from things that are going on in your life, the reality of life that, you know, could take you down a dark path. So I think I think I I, I owe that I, that all to the music, you know what I mean, to be being kind of there for me as my therapy. Yeah,
1: and, and do you feel like you 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 know, you doing this music and doing what you love is kind of you carrying on the legacy of both of them as well? Of
0: course. Of course. You know, having that voice and being able to you know, speak for them, you know, like the, the funny thing is my grandmother is a white lady from from Cape Breton from St. Peter's and her favorite song is for the ghetto. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? I so you know, love the so. ghetto. <laughs> yeah, she, you know what I mean? She was official in the hood, you know what I mean? So just like just, you know, knowing that I can I can, um, you know, share some of those memories through music is is a, is a comfortable feeling because knowing that I'm going to, even when I'm dead and gone, there, there's still stories and those memories will still live on, you know, through generations of my kids or grandkids or what have you.
1: You know, that's the thing about music. I mean, some music is just timeless. You know, you there's songs that, you know, our, our parents used to listen to that we can still listen to today. Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin, you know, James Brown, I'm Black and I'm Proud. I and mean, you can play that song right now.
0: Yeah. And in the world, we like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's true. And that's why, you know, especially these times, man, like, you know, we've all known racism is, has existed and hasn't really gone away. But these times it's like, you know, it, it makes me as an artist, you know, want to say more. Like I've been writing, even during quarantine, I got stuck in Nova Scotia. I wrote like five songs about, you know, about the uplifting of black people or what's going on and how, you know, racism is happening and, and, and even the COVID and all this stuff. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's having that that outlet to help make change like we talked about earlier.
1: So how has like all this stuff that's been going on with racism and police brutality, like, how has that affected you?
0: Honestly, it's been a more emotional for me. I've, I've cried so much during these times because of it. It's it's created this, this thing where it's like, if I, even if I see like a meme about it or something like I'll fill up and start, it's very emotional because it's just sad that, you know, all of these years have gone by and this is still a problem in our world. You know, when when the world has so many other problems as well that need to be fixed. But this is something that should be the least of any human's worries. You know, what I mean, being going outside and and, and and being afraid of police, you know, or, you know, it's something that shouldn't be happening today. So that's why I, I you know, I stand with everybody in the States that, are, you know, is going through as well as here. Like we're we're dealing with these issues in, in, in Canada as well. And I stand for that. And And it's just created an emotional thing because it's like, what if that was? me what if that was you what if that was my daughter what if that you know what i'm saying like it's very emotional about it and 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 sad bro to be honest
1: yeah it's tough man i've been thinking a lot about it and i'm I'm with you i get really emotional too you know and and when especially when i hear people say you know racism doesn't exist in canada and i'm like are are you crazy of course it does
0: yeah Um, come in nova scotia
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so I, you know, I love the fact that you're using your music to bring people together because that's what we need right now. And so that being said, like, what, what, what can people expect from the new album?
0: Man, a lot of love. You know, I kind of, I kind of set things off. I kind of let go of um, some of, some of. The, in the beginning, I kind of let go of some of the old me, just you know, just having that, you know, that, uh, that player mentality, you know. But then it's a lot of, a lot about love and family. And of course, you know, losing loved ones and, and trying to bring people together and I, I guess I can just ex- explain it as a lot of, a lot of love man, a lot of love you know and um and very heartfelt stuff that means a lot to me, you know what I'm saying like I have like I told you about the, the the Way You love Me" song and the the lost song. so lost is a record that I've already sang at over 15 funerals, you know and this hasn't been released and then the Way You Love Me" is a record that just really just explains family. Always being there and loving the way that you love me. You know what I mean? And Always being there for each other. You know, see, both of those records. So just, you know, just trying to evoke that emotion in people that, you know, that we already know about, but society tends to distract us with social media, with, you know, what's going on in the world and just trying to bring people in in, and let them, you know, just feel something and feel the love that they have surrounding them, but being able to grab it and and hold it and bring it closer to them. You know Mm. what I'm saying? I love that. That, yeah, that's how I explain that.
1: No, I love that because you're right. Like, we have every we all have people that love us, and sometimes when we're struggling, we're going through stuff, we keep it to ourselves. I don't want to burden my mom, I don't want my this person to know, I don't want my cousin or my, my friends to know what I'm going through. Meanwhile, that's why they're there. That's what the love is about it's for you to reach out and to let them know how you're feeling or to just check on them and see how they're doing, right? So I'm glad that you said that. You know, it's about reaching out and, and pulling people closer, right? right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's also a vulnerability side of of me that com- that's coming out on this album where I talk about my issues with drugs. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Having some problems with drugs and, and not being afraid to to let people know that as, as, as far as my fans and my family as well, because how are you going to get help? Like you just said, if you don't tell them, you don't express it. So, you know, I've opened up on that side of things uh, as well on the album. So I think this... It's just really letting people into ralph i can say now a lot a lot um and letting them really see a little bit side of me that they might they they might have just had you know thought maybe or oh this or that but now i'm letting telling you the truth about my life and what's going on in my life so it's really that's why i feel like i'm really maturing on this on this project a lot
1: i mean that is mature i mean to be vulnerable all uh, to, to be vulnerable is actually to be strong like you know what i mean to come out and to to say all these things like there's people who probably look at you and and put you on this pedestal because you're this R&B singer and who's traveling the world. And then for you to come out and say, you know, but to be honest, I had a problem with drugs and this and that, like that, that's, that's major, man. That's really big. So what was that kind of just made you do that? Like you could have said all kinds of things. You could have been vulnerable in different ways, but to be that open and honest, what, like what made you kind of do that?
0: Just just trying to be honest with myself, because, you know, I'm not, not perfect. Nobody is, you know what I'm saying? And I've, and I'm using that again as therapy is, is, is letting people know that in the same, same time of me, like, like I said earlier about me selling drugs, I would have never told nobody about that in the past, but I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable with who I am, and I'm not ashamed of who I am. So it's not being, it's just being open with myself and being able to allow myself to, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like that's part of the therapy and that's part of the healing process. Once you, once you can admit something, then you can start the, the healing process. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, especially as an artist, I mean, you look at Usher Confessions, right? Like, what? what You know, when people first heard that song, they were like, Usher's really like telling on himself? And yeah, I think that's what people need because you said it already. You look at social media, you're looking at the media, you're looking at people living these glamorous lives and you mm-hmm. think their life is so perfect They they've never been through anything. Right. And, you know, yeah. I think that forms a deeper connection with people when they know that you're human. Like we all go through stuff. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. Instead of trying to paint this perfect life that nobody has, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just, you know, like it's like, like I said, maturity, man, it's becoming it's becoming a man even more so now, you know. And I and, I, and I owe a lot that a lot of that to my daughter, too, man.
1: Wow, that's awesome, man. So so who are some artists that you would love to work with? Anybody, if you could work with anybody, what you know, what are three or four or five artists you'd love to work yeah, Alicia Keys. Ooh.
0: Um, definitely, definitely Drake. Everybody wants to work with Drake. Like the Drake Effect. Here's a here, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you an idea. I see, you, I know you're writing books, I'm gonna give you an idea on your podcast for a book. For a book, the Drake Effect. Ah, <laughs> think about it one tweet, one collab, one mention. And you're out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But definitely Drake. Uh Alicia Keys for sure. Uh Nas, he's my favorite MC. Mm. So definitely Nas. Who else? Um uh, I'm gonna say Kanye. Okay. I'm gonna say Kanye West, even though it's it's one that people be like, ah man, whatever. Nah, man, I'm gonna say Kanye West. You know what I mean? He's and he's like he's been an inspiration through all his ups and his downs. You know what I'm saying? Going through all these things that he's gone through, it's allowed me to be more vulnerable as well. You know what I'm saying? So, Kanye,
1: who did I say? Kanye, Jay Z, Alicia, Alicia Keys, um, Drake. Drake. Those are all hit makers, by the way. All of those people. <laughs> I'm just
0: gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it there for now. Nah, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there for now. That's
1: yeah. I mean, those are those are all <laughs> those are all hit makers for sure.
0: So, let me ask you this: what what
1: what have you kind of on this whole, not even musical journey, but just journey of life, like? What's something that you really learned about yourself? Like, what's something that you kind of just discovered about you? Because right now you seem like you're going through this, like, rediscovery or reconnection with, like, who you really are. So, like, what's, what's, what's something that you really kind of just kind of discovered about yourself or got reconnected
0: with? I think I'm more so getting reconnected with the, um, my strength, you know, and, and not realizing for so many years how strong I am and how smart I am. And that's one thing that you know i'm i'm more reconnected and like i said is is like having a good woman around me to to lift me up and build me up helps a lot you know what i'm and so just being being a stronger man and um being able to okay. overcome problems and and you know issues in my life and the journey the journey's been a you know a, 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 a an amazing one, but the time's rough but just knowing that like i said about the passion thing and then being passionate about like the basketball like you know, I've, I've been, I've been fortunate to have two passions that became successful and, you know, now knowing, you know, you know, and once, once, you know, you, the, the, the success slows down, you start to get worried, but now knowing that I'm good, cause I know, I'm, I know how strong I am and I, and growing as an artist and as a man, you know, just, just knowing my, my inner strength and, and, and my brain and knowing that I'm, I'm not stupid, I'm a smart, man. And I have a lot to offer. Well, that's powerful, man.
1: I think that's good too right now because there may be some people out there who need to hear that. There may be some people who are lacking confidence. Like COVID really took a lot of, of a lot of people. So, you know, I think, you know, reminding people that there's something special about you. You know, every, a lot of my posts on social media and even when I end this podcast, I always say there's something special about you. Grind until you get it and be grateful when you find it.
0: Yeah, that's right. Right, And yeah. I
1: love that you said that. And and I also like the fact that you said, You had two passions because, and this is really important because one of the things that we often ask, uh, uh, we're asked when we're kids is what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's cool. You're a kid. Like I want to be a firefighter, a dancer, an artist, right? Yeah. But at 18, people still don't know. At 20, they don't know. At 40, they're working in a company. They still don't know. At 50, they still don't know. Right.
0: Yeah. And 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 I
1: think it's because you lock them in. And I like the I like the fact I think the question we should ask people is and you said it you alluded to it, what are you passionate about right now?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I I saw a podcast with um Stephen uh what's his name uh Stephen not Stephen the the basketball player that that look the, that looks like the Stephen Jackson. Jackson, yeah. Saw uh, him say that too, and it it really struck core with me, man. He said that. You know, with the education system and like and parents, he's like telling like he sees these parents saying, you know, oh, you got to go to school to find this out. You got to go instead of that. No, if you see your kid picking up a camera, you know what I'm saying? At that age, well, then you nurture that. You know what I'm saying? And I was fortunate to find my own passions and not have it forced on me. And they came within the same year, within six months of each other together at the same time. And I made that decision and I'm still on that journey and I'm never going to stop. You know what I'm saying? So it's finding that passion and not being influenced by anybody else telling you what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? So I'm lucky and not a lot of us are lucky and didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? So that's definitely key.
1: So that's, that's powerful, man. You have to have the discipline. I say you have to have the discipline to follow your curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. You were leads you.
1: You right. started with basketball. You were like, great. And yeah. then guess what? You decided that you wanted to do music and that's perfectly okay. And I think people have to understand that because we get so locked in on one thing and when it doesn't go the way we want right. we just keep rocking with it even though we no longer have a passion for it
0: right exactly and that's and that shows you that maybe at the first, at, at the initial stage that wasn't it anyway you probably you probably had a passion for something was like ah, i can't do that so i'll do this you know what i mean so that's just just believing in yourself man and it's like that's that's the key that's the key right there
1: man i love it man so before we wrap up anything else that you want people to know what do you want people to know man
0: Oh man, I I I got a I got a record coming out, a song coming out on the 16th called Pair of Wings. I got my boy Notes on there and I got my boy Owen Sound, O Sound. Oh yeah. It's going to be one of those ones. We already shot the video, so I'll be dropping that soon. And then in November, sometime in November, the album Ralph is coming and I really want everybody to go check that out because it's been like I've been working on this for about 8 9 years, so this is a it's a long time coming with this one. Well, the last song was 8 years ago that that I uh that I did for it. That was the, the oldest song on the on the album. So I'd say about eight years I'm working on this. I've dropped a couple EPs in between, few EPs in between, but that's this is my baby. I'm coming out with Ralph.
1: Man, I'm excited, man. I I, I can already hear the evolution. I can hear that you're kind of stepping into like uh, another version of yourself, man. I'm sure the album's gonna be fire. And I'm thank you, bro. That's it bro. That's um, love. Two questions before you leave. Um, I asked everybody this. What does it mean to you to grind? What does grind and hustle mean to you?
0: Grind is just tunnel vision. To me, it's just tunnel vision. Just putting up those blockers and not letting anything distract you from what the mission is, Now, whatever that is. And for me, it's been basketball and music. So that's grind is just always working towards the end goal of what you envision yourself to be in that, within that passion. So that's what grind is to me. It's just going and working your ass off put it in those extra hours because you ain't going to get nothing out of it unless you put in the time.
1: I love that. And the last question, what is gratitude to you? What does gratitude mean to you?
0: Uh, I was being gratitude being grateful and um thankful for you know the the blessings that I've had in my life and the and the gift that I've I've been given, you know, it, it, with you know being 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 able to use my voice, you know, some people can't talk, some people can't hear. You know what I'm saying? It's just being grateful and and using my gift to, to help evoke change and empower people, you know, and invoke emotion, a positive emotion and gratitude. Yeah. Just being really grateful and, and thankful for, you know, family, for being able to, to, to do what I love, you know, and that's, yeah, that's, that's about it.
1: Man. That's great, man. Well, look, man, thanks so much for being on this episode, man. I really, really appreciate it. I, I can't wait till the album comes out cause I know it's going to be fire. And we we we're definitely gonna get you on the charts, man. We're gonna get you on the American charts, man. That's the goal. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah, no, that's that's love. I'm gonna send you a I want to send you an exclusive, bro. I'm gonna send you an exclusive before it drops. I'll give you a week before. I send, just remind me. It's gonna. I'll let you know when it, when I, when I drop the date. I'll let you know. I'll send you an exclusive so you can take it in. Oh man, I appreciate that, brother.
1: Thanks so much for being my co-host on this episode of the Grinding Gratitude Show. I really appreciate you. I hope that you learned something and you're motivated to take action and get on your grind. Didn't that go by fast? If you want more, head over to grindinggratitude.com for show notes and information about this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rating so more people will know to tune in. And let me leave you with this. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it.